You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 193. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. It is New Year's Eve Eve. We are a night away from the most wonderful night of the year. I'm not really sure if I still see it that way, if I still experience it, but there was absolutely a time in my life where my two most favorite, absolutely most favorite holidays were New Year's Eve and Super Bowl Sunday. And I know, I know, Super Bowl Sunday isn't technically a holiday by, um, you know, national standards, like we're not getting Mondays off, but I treat it like a holiday, and it's one of my most favorite, and still is. Whereas New Year's Eve, I would work all the Thanksgiving holidays, all the Christmas holidays um, at my restaurant jobs to make sure that I had New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off, because I was going to go out and party hard, and I just didn't want to be bothered. I wanted to be able to go and party my little tail off and then be able to sleep the next day and just not feel great. <laughs> and then it's just so interesting now, six years coming up, I will I will hit my sixth birthday, January 13th of 2023. And it's just very interesting, um, even leading up to my sobriety and recovery, um, New Year's had begun to take on less of a party atmosphere. You know, living in Hollywood, you'd think, oh my God, imagine all the parties. But, you know... Places want to charge $250 just to come in the door, and then, you know, of course, they want to sell as many of those tickets as possible. So now you're stacked shoulder to shoulder and elbow to elbow, and it just wasn't a lot of fun. So then you're trying to find a house party that doesn't suck. And um, certainly, I was able to do that here and there, but um, it wasn't the same as when I lived in Orlando when I was in my 20s. You know, we'd go to raves and we'd go to these places, and it was just, you know, just copious amounts of alcohol and drugs, and it was just like, I mean, the amount of effort I used to put into making sure I had all the drugs and alcohol I could possibly want. You know, how was I going to get there? How was I going to get home? My outfit and the whole thing. I mean, those those three years, five years I was in Orlando. I mean, it was just, man. And even in Gainesville, there was definitely some parties that, you know, I, I remember, you know, throwing it down pretty hard one night and driving back over to a party while I was rolling. And this motorcycle came speeding in front of the car I was in, not realizing that there was a median that was separating the the road. So he was coming off of a side street and he was just going to zoom right across over to the connecting road, which he saw, but he, it was dark. So he didn't realize that there was a, like a cement median that was only, you know, maybe nine inches off the ground, but it was enough to make that motorcycle guy fly. And I just remember me and the guy I was in the car with, we were rolling hardcore and I was, he was like, what should we do? And I'm like, we should go. I was like, because we cannot get out of this car and stand around and even try to help that guy in our condition, waiting for cops to roll up and seeing us in our current condition. Um, so I definitely just now that popped into my head. I was like, man, I just I got myself into some insanity. And as much as that was fun, then I'm very blessed and feel very uh, congruent, feel very good with where my life is now that it's not all about trying to find the biggest party and 
knowing where all the cool, crazy stuff's going. Certainly, I know Fish is probably doing like a four-day run at Madison Square Garden or in Vegas or something, and that would be super fun to go to. And I did Vegas last year for New Year's Eve, and it was super cold, and it was just the security and the stress and the chaos of all of that. Like, it was cool to say I did it, but it's not, you know, I mean, seriously, it was so cold. And no matter how many layers of clothing we wore, it was just not enough. God, it was so cold. So cold. So um, this year, not really sure what the plans are. You know, but more laid back and low key, I would imagine, just being here in Huntsville. Um, so who knows? And it's just, I hope whatever you choose to do, you do safely. Um, you do in a way that benefits where you're at at this stage in your life. Don't let the ego get involved and convince you to lapse. Don't find yourself trying to push yourself, you know, super duper hard to go somewhere that's going to be remarkable just so you don't feel like you're now that quote unquote loser who stays home on New Year's Eve. Um, there's a lot of ways to celebrate these monumental days, holidays, um, events in life. And it doesn't have to be the status quo. It doesn't have to be going out to the bar, putting yourself around a bunch of drunk people you may or may not even want to be around, and then putting yourself back out on the road around all of that chaos to get home safely. So you choose, you do you. Just remember, if there's this internal drive inside of you to go and make this night, you know, epic and, and just, you know, more than you could ever have imagined, ask yourself, is it really what you want or is it your ego? Just afraid that if you tell the story about how you stayed home with your wife and kids on New Year's Eve, that that somehow, you know, pins you into a corner of something that you're not happy about. Um, Because the ego is what got me in those positions. The ego is what had me in that car driving over to my friend's house while I was rolling to see the motorcycle accident. My ego is what had me spending hundreds and hundreds, and I remember one New Year's Eve spending thousands of dollars to supply an entire party with ecstasy. And, And then having that money stolen because I was so out of my mind, I didn't protect it very well. And so my ego got me into a shit ton of trouble. And um, that's where, you know, nowadays I'm very mindful. Is it my ego that wants to be living in Vegas right now versus the, the rational side of me who's like, no, I really like being in Huntsville and near my family. And not everything is going to be perfect each and every day, not every interaction with them, not each time I go to over there to their house or they come over to mine, is it going to be like, ah, ah, you know, and I'm picturing like a golden statue floating off of a, of a pillar when I make that sound, like it's not every single day is going to feel like I'm at an amusement park. Um, and I don't need it to be. I would just want at times to just be able to live my life and be able to know that I've got my human needs being met of security and variety and contribution, significance, personal growth, love, connection. Those are important to me. What was important to me in my 20s was being a party animal and have everybody know that I was at the, the, I was the one who threw the party. I was the one who brought all the stuff. That was my thing then. Now it's like, hey, you know, it's, I'm live, I'm doing me. I'm I'm taking care of what I want to be doing. Um, I remember one of my New Year's in my sobriety. I remember uh, it was my very first New Year's in sobriety. I stayed home and I worked on my brand new website. And and the shell of it still exists at jessemogul.com. But um, there's still certain aspects of it that I've kept, but it's grown a lot. But I remember the ball dropping and me turning on my, you know, my, turning up the music even louder and dancing around in my room for like 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm, I just sat back down at the computer and just went right back at building the website. Like that was what I was doing for myself that night. And I got to start off the new year with a brand new website, my first ever for myself. 
as uh, somebody who was looking to become an NLP coach and eventually a recovery coach and all the things I've become. It was the foundation of that, was building that website. It was part of the way I convinced myself that I was moving my life in the right direction. So you choose something that's going to allow you to feel that you're moving your life in the direction you desire. And that could be sitting at home by yourself watching movies when last year you were getting canned and totally wasted. Or it could be going out and being around people because last year you were isolating yourself because of your addiction and now you want to go out and be around people. You choose you. You do what you feel and just check whatever your decision is based on, is this the ego deciding for me or is this my rational, wise mind that is balanced and thoughtful about what it is I'm doing with my life? And this is where we get to start to talk about power words for the year. Because I'm doing this thing where I'm coming up with my power words and what are the words, what are the energies I want to have for this coming year? And I have gone through this entire process and I've talked with the tribe about it and had a really long conversation with Kaylin recently where we were talking about power words and how we can utilize those in our sobriety and recovery and in our life in general. And so my last two words of the year, in 2021, it was relentless, right? This this oppressively constant being incessantly working towards something. I was relentless in my pursuit of an all-the-way-up life. I was relentless in my pursuit of growing my career, of, of, of being physically fit. That was the year that I went from 193 pounds and 17% body fat down to 159 pounds and, and 9% body fat. I wanted to shed it all off, and I wanted to be the same weight I I was the year I graduated high school. And so that I was relentless about that monitoring and, and all the food I ate and all my steps and going to the gym. And I think I was doing my workouts in, in the loft because gyms still weren't even open. That's how relentless I was in my pursuit of, of, of all the way upping my life and all of my spheres and all of my pillars. Um, 2022 was expansion. It was all about expansion, being expansive, this action of becoming larger, more extensive, um, broadening my perspective, developing new things. You know, I left Los Angeles um, right at the very end of 2021. So in 2022, it was like, how can I be expansive in building a community here? How can I be expanding my career so that people in this community know who I am? How can I expand my personal growth and my relationships? physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, my four pillars. How can I be expansive? I started putting on weight this year to build up muscle. It's all about, you know, growing that way. Got super skinny and ripped and all that jazz, but I was like, I'm not 6'3". I shouldn't be 160 pounds. Let's see if I focus for the next three to five years on being, you know, my ultimate goal at 50 is to be 190 pounds and 9% body fat. And it's going to take a lot of cycling of gaining weight and muscle and losing some weight and muscle and then back and forth. But if I'm relentless and I'm in my pursuit of that goal, which is still three and a half years away to reach fruition, um, you know, like right now I'm 190. I can guarantee you I'm not 9% body fat, but you know, it's all about putting on muscle, losing the fat, putting on muscle, losing the fat. So if I'm relentless in my expansion of my physical health, what could that look like in five years? So those were my two words I had in 2021 and 2022. And it's really interesting, you know, I wanted there to be more stability in my life in 2022, and that's definitely not what I experienced. But I also look back at the word I chose, expansion, to be expansive. You know, if you think back to Lewis and Clark, when we had the expansion of 
you know, of the Western frontier, there's not going to be a lot of stability when you're moving vast amounts of people um, from the eastern part of the United States of, over the Mississippi River and then out west. There's going to be new environments and there's going to be hostile activity and there's just you're not going to have habits built up around you know this sort of this trail of wagons all the way across um, out to the Pacific Ocean. So not surprised when I look at it through that scope of why I didn't feel a lot of stability in 2022 because of this expansion. So as we go through some of these words of the year and I walk you through uh, what it is I'm saying to myself about them and how I'm visualizing them to myself, this will help you come up with your own. Because there's an energy that you can begin to take from your word of the year that can refocus you each and every day when you perhaps might be feeling like you're getting a little off. You're a little off topic. You're a little off your path. You can go back to this word and say, how can I live in this word right now? And so let's walk you through the process I've gone through over these last few days as I really started to step into choosing my next word of the year. The first change I had is instead of only having one all-encompassing word, I've decided I want to come up with a word of the year for my overall life, but then also a word of the year for my spheres and my pillars. And the spheres are career, self-relationship, and the pillars are physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. So it's CSR and PMS, or P-E-M-S, not PMS. ES, like I almost made it, but I was like, nope, that sounds a little too much like PMS. I was like, well, stick away from that. So there's CSR, career self-relationships, and then there's PIMS, um, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So you've got CSR and PIMS. And so um, you ask yourself around these spheres and pillars, what did you do this year? What did you accomplish? This is step one. It's like a year in review. What did you do this year? Now, I keep P4S, my priority four focuses list, and we'll be putting out another episode specifically about that soon. Um, I have this whole thing where I'm, I'm retitling all the podcasts. So every single pod, almost, not all, let's not use a definitive here. Damn near every single podcast is going to get a new title. So they're less clickbaity and they're more about what the show is about, just straight to the point. Because this isn't really one of those where people just sort of surf by and play an episode here and there. People who listen to this show listen to this show. So I'm changing the name so it's easier to find the topic that that specific episode's about. And so when I find these P4F episodes, I'm going to be labeling them as such and then doing like a part one, part two kind of thing. So people know it'll be real easy for you to find them. So since I make P4F lists and I put them on my Apple Notes, I can go back over this entire year of 2022 and see what I did each day for a P4F. And then I can link it over to my Google Calendar and I can say, okay, what is it I really accomplished? Right? You know, getting Jennifer, you know, moved out here or getting our first house together, um, you know, growing around my family members, uh, putting on, you know, some weight so I'm feeling stronger, growing the career. And, you know, I think I ended up speaking um, double digit times here, you know, since I just since I really started to push myself into that sphere in August. And it's like I can look back and say, this is what I did in my spheres and my pillars. And then I ask myself, step two, what do I want to focus on this next year? What is it I want to focus on this next year? And then really start to put some attention toward that, right? So what did I do this year and what do I want to be accomplishing next year around my spheres and my pillars? Then step three is, well, what energy do I want that to evoke? What energy do I want to have while I am becoming this newer version of me? 
We've talked about that recently. You know, what you know in the last episode, literally, what kind of person do you want to be while you're becoming who you are becoming? Right? That's the energy I want to have as I'm moving forward. Right? And so that's step three, figuring out the energy that I want to have. Then step four becomes um, Googling word of the year ideas. Now, this is super fun. You can just literally go to Google, type in word of the year. And there's lists that you can get a hold of. Some of them you can just download into PDF format. Um, I downloaded and, and printed out two different versions. So I've got like 400 different words, literally sitting right next to me. And I went and I took those lists and I started to pull out some of the words that mattered to me, that meant a lot to me. And there's a lot here, and we'll go over those in a minute, that that are a little too vague. So I don't think that they're very good word of the years. I mean, some of these lists that I found online just seem like people were just pulling words out of their ass. It's like, that's not an epitome. I don't think epitome is a very good word of the year. I'm like, really? Of all the... uh, of all the words that you could decide that you're going to have as your word of the year, epitome, um, a person or thing that is the perfect example of a particular quality or type. Um, that's a little vague. <laughs> the perfect example of a tip of a particular type of person. Um, yeah, no, thanks. I, that doesn't ring a bell with me. Maybe it does you. And that's another thing. As we get into this, I might have a, a way of seeing, hearing, and feeling into a word that you have completely different. Your word of the year is for you. It's your power word that you're going to turn into a power statement and a power sentence. Don't worry about what I think about these things, okay? It's all about what you think about these things. Um, so Google words of the year, then you make a list and just go ham on this part. Put a ton of words. Just really enjoy this aspect of the making of the list. Google, again, is your best friend here. I also started Googling um, like powerful quotes, inspirational quotes, That because so, then I could they started to inspire me on how I'd make my power sentences and things of that nature. You can also Google values lists, um, and that's a, that's another good way of coming up with some words. You know, those will tie into your values, your values and your, which are what you tie your identity statements to. And it's all about finding words that mean something to you. Then um, step six, I started to look up definitions. I literally had my note app open and I would have growth, persist, ambitious, amplify. And I'd have them down in a column and I would just copy and paste that word straight over into Google behind the word define. So right now I have got a Google page open that says define epitome. And then I would just copy and paste over something right over the word epitome. But define stays there and then just hit enter. And then whatever sentence is there, read it over, make sure you're good with that definition. If not, there's some um, people who also ask portion of Google, what's an example of epitome? The typical or highest example of a stated quality is shown by a particular person or thing. Okay, still not very specific enough for me. Not going to be my word of the year. So by doing this, and it took me about two hours, and part of it was me creating this episode to be very thorough and be able to explain this. Another part is I just found this to be super fun and it was enjoyable while listening to music. And then, um, so be on the lookout for words that are vague or lack a strong meaning behind them when you're looking up definitions. Because if it's a little too vague, then maybe there's another word that will speak more to what you're trying to um, impose on yourself, what you're trying to influence yourself with, rather than going with like epitome. That's a, a perfect example of a human or the highest example of a stated quality. Uh, okay, I want to be the epitome of what? Of health? Okay, well, then your power word might be healthy. 
I am healthy. And then we can build around that. So just be on the lookout for ways that maybe your power word is going to not evoke that sense of power within you because that's what you're looking for here. And then you go over your list and ask yourself, what's your convincer strategy? Is it the way the word feels when you say it? Is it the way that it sounds rolling off your tongue? Um, Maybe there's a picture that pops into your mind when you say, I'm going to be powerful. What does powerful mean to you? How does it feel inside you? How does it sound when you say it? And what kind of pictures pop into your mind when you think of yourself being powerful? And so this is extremely important. So then that's it. Now, step eight is pick the words and start to build up around them. Um, And we'll go over step eight, but step eight is all about um, take word. I'm really adding this to my notes as we go. Take word, um, build your um, identity statement around it, and then build power sentences. And we'll go over power sentences at the end. So um, relentless and expansive expansion have been my words of the year. And so let's go over. So again, we're building these up around my spheres and my pillars. If you have your own way of wanting to do this, go for it. It's all on you. This is however you want to organize it. It could be around personal finances. It could be around a lot of things. You choose what category you want to evoke. And you might just go with a life one. If you've never done this before and you're like, that sounds cool. Let me just have one for my general life. Then great. I'm going to give you a ton of examples right here. So let's start off with the career sphere. So career. What I was I want to be thinking about when it comes to my career? Um, well, wait. Let's first go back to life. Because it, life is what I think um, is how this whole thing got started. And I paused the the audio, and I guess I sort of lost it. So thank you for being patient with me for the last 20 seconds while I gra- regrouped my thoughts. Let's start with life. So Life was relentless. Life was expansive. So I like that. And if all else fails, come up with a life one and you can be good there. And I'll tell you what's funny is when I started going through these lists, I came up with intentional. When I, when I Google intentional, it's done, it's done with deliberate and um, with conscious. It says done on with conscious and deliberate. And here's what's super interesting about this is that, so then I looked up deliberate and it says done consciously and intentionally. And then I looked up consciously and it says in a deliberate and intentional way. And this is what's funny is that these three words use themselves to define themselves, but they're not really very clear. So (laughs) intentional is to be done on purpose, consciously and deliberately. (laughs) Deliberate is to be done consciously and intentionally and consciously is to be done deliberately and intentionally. (laughs) So thank you for zero clarity. <laughs> so underneath the word is where it will say, like, you know, what is an example of intentionally? And then intentional it says, um, applied to what is definitely intended or done on purpose. Deliberate is applied to what is done, not hastily, but with full realization of what is going on. And consciously is in a way that is directly perceptible to and under the control of the person concerned not really thrilled with any of those. And so they all got kiboshed. I can be intentional and intentional is going to show up. It's going to be a word I'm using a lot in 2023. What each action I do with work, each action I do with my relationships, each action I do at the gym, it's going to be done with intentionality, right? I'm definitely going to have an intention, a goal. Where is this action taking me toward? So, and again, none of this is set in stone. I'm still not quite yet where I'm at with this process, but 
I wanted to get this out to y'all so that you could do this over the weekend if you're listening to these linearly. And if you're not and you're catching this show in May or whenever, um, you know, check your word of the year. And if you don't have one, go ahead and do this now because it can be done anytime and it's super awesome. So some other ones for life, purpose, stabilize, striving, unlimited, adventurous, fearless, resistance, persevere. Not a big fan of fearless. And we've talked about this before because I believe that fear is a natural human emotion. So to not have fear, to lack fear, to me, insinuates that I'm not pushing myself outside my comfort zone. I don't want it to be fearless. I don't want to be lacking fear because the unconscious mind could start steering me away from things that would cause me to have fear. If my power sentence and my my power word is to not have fear, and then I'm going to go give a speech and I'm not sure how they're going to take it, or I'm going to go to the grocery store, you know, when it's super busy and I'm like, I don't want to be around all those people. I get, I just get super freaked out by you know, so many people at the grocery store, or I fear somebody judging me for wearing, you know, brightly colored shoes, then I just don't get to wear the fun shoes. I want to, I want to experience that fear because I think that working through it is what allows me to grow. That's somewhere that it, it can lead me towards something. I believe that fear is a sign that I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. So I don't want to be fearless. I just want to have the strength to move through the fear. What's that? You know, sometimes you have to do things afraid. That could be a power sentence around fear. I want to be fearless. And then to say, I, sometimes you just have to do things afraid, meaning that I might be feeling the fear, but the worst thing that can happen is I feel this emotion. I feel this fear. Well, what is it I'm feeling? Humiliation, um, the fear of humiliation, the fear of standing out, the fear of rejection. Okay, well, what have I triggered? What what have I anchored to rejection that allows me to feel triggered if I go give a speech and everybody doesn't applaud? Right? I want to work through that. I want to know um, negative emotions so I can process them. So I'm very mindful of a word like fearless. I like persevere. Continue in a course of action in spite of difficulty or the prospect of no return or success. I really am a big fan of persevere. Just keep pushing through regardless of whether it looks like I'm going to see the light of day or not. Persevere. Like you get on a journey, you get on an adventure, and you persevere. There is no going backwards, only forwards. We're going to persevere through this storm. We're going to persevere through these negative emotions. Um, Also, like unlimited purpose. You know, those are a little too vague. What is unlimited to me? right? Not limited or restricted in terms of number, quantity, or extent. All right. Still a little too vague. Um, If I'm going to be unlimited, how am I going to be unlimited? Now I've got to start bringing in a lot more definitions in order to just fulfill the power word of unlimited. So it's on these lists. And this is where I feel like people are just randomly grabbing words. But again, if unlimited speaks to you, roll with it. Now let's go to career. I put down growth, persistence to persist, ambitious, amplify. Right now, ambitious is the one that I'm leaning towards, having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed, to be ambitious, right? So if I get freaked out by all the no's on my cold calls, you know, if I'm going to show a strong desire and determination to succeed, I have to be ambitious with these phone calls. I have to push myself outside my comfort zone. Persist um, to continue firmly on a course of action in spite of difficulty, right? I like persist. It's a, it's a good word too. So perhaps it persists gets to show up, um, cultivates in here, creative, determined, um, resolve. So I'm, I put down monetize, but that's even more vague. And besides not everything I do, am I going to monetize? I do this podcast for fun and to teach you guys things I'm instilling into my life. 
I don't do all of these things all of the time, but these are these are things I talk about on the show are to grow myself. These are, these are things that I'm putting out there as my carrot stick. So when I learn something and then I bring it to you all, I get to learn it twice, and I also get to reaffirm to myself by talking it out loud, like this is something that matters to me. I want to move forward on this. So maybe amplify to increase the volume. Um, or sound of something. So now we're talking about maybe amplifying my message to increase the message, not necessarily by screaming it at the rooftops, but maybe going out and getting on more um, other, other people's podcasts, giving more speeches. So there's a lot of different ways that these words can be interpreted by me, um, determined, having made a firm decision and being resolved not to, not to change it. Or, you know, so determined, I've made this decision, I'm moving forward. And there's a little bit with this whole uh, being resolved not to change it. There could be some flexibility issues there. Ecologically, I might be determined to put on 40 pounds um, so that I can gain, you know, 20 pounds of muscle, but it's also going to bring 20 pounds of fat. Fat. And what happens if I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, none of my clothes fit, and I think I'm, I think I'm putting on weight too fast. Now, if I'm resolved not to change this idea that I'm going to be 200 pounds by you know February 14th, now, but then I catch myself not doing it in the most appropriate way. But nope, I'm determined. Right now, I've got this ecological um, block inside of me. So you're going to want to make sure that whatever your power word is, that it, it works well for you, and that you don't find it giving push back around your loved ones or your world at large. Because if it's not ecological, right, I'm going to be determined, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to stick with it. And then you make a decision to ground your kids, but it turns out that it's actually causing you to have to do more work. But nope, I told myself I'd be determined and resolved not to change something is what determined means. Now you're going to feel ecologically like you're going to go back on your word. You made this your power word, but it's not necessarily working out whenever you go to take action using it. So, and this might be something that you find at various points in this process, and you might even come up with a word of the year and be like, hmm, that didn't really work out. What is a different word I can use moving forward? We're not writing these things in wet concrete here, but relentless and expansion did work for me the entire year. Now I'm expanding it to have more to do with my spheres and my pillars because there were certain times where being expansive or relentless wasn't actually working in certain areas of my life. So then I can have other power words that I can then utilize in that particular sphere or pillar at any given moment during my day, knowing that it's going to be helping me grow and become the person that I want to become. And that's fun to me. This is All this stuff is so fun to me. Um, and I hope I'm framing it in a way that it's fun for you too. So um, let's go to the next sphere. Self, consistent, um, acceptance, capable, humble, inspiring, encouraging, dedicated, committed. These are just some of the words I added. I'm not a fa- big fan of humble, um, having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's in- importance. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't walk around pounding my chest, but I don't necessarily need to, you know, lower myself. You know, I'm not, I don't seek to put people on pedestals, nor do I want to be put on one. Um, so I think we're all standing on the same ground. So certainly, you know, being humble when I talk about what I've accomplished, but I don't, I don't do it so I can feel like I'm lowering myself. I just do it because there's a certain air, um, a certain energy I want. I want people to know that they too can achieve anything I have just as much as I believe I can achieve anything anyone else has, how I can achieve things other people haven't even thought of achieving if I'm willing to dedicate myself to that each and every day and be consistently working toward it. I don't need 
humble is it you know you got to be mindful of that maybe humble works for you maybe in your addiction you were super braggadocious and now you want to be a lot more humble and listen to other people's opinions and not tell them they're wrong humble might work for you humility could be your power word it's your call um i like consistent acting are done um fairly and accurately um, with a, in a similar ways, right? Unchanging in nature or, or in its effect over time in agreement with something. I like the idea of consistent, being being somebody who consistently shows up for myself and for others. Um, acceptance, um, being received as adequate or suitable. I'm not really a big fan of the word adequate there, but I can make my own definition for these. I don't have to listen to the Oxford Dictionary, um, you know, what do they know anyways? <laughs> oh, I've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and we've determined definitions. Ah, whatever. I'm Jesse. I'll define things on my own. Thank you. I do like inspire um, to s- fill somebody with the urge or ability to do or feel something. I, you know, Can I inspire myself to push myself even further than I already have? What about my relationship sphere? Present. Loving, appreciative, creative, fulfilled, community. I'm a big fan of present here, and um, which is existing in the now, occurring in the now. Um, this is one I'm pretty sure I've already settled on, to be present in my relationships, to be in the now. You know, to not be in my mind thinking about how I'm going to respond, to not be looking at my phone, to be present and in the moment. And when I catch myself off daydreaming or not being present in those moments, I can say, you know, um, how can I be more present right now with this person in front of me? Um, remember, we talked about how, you know, it's um, it, this whole not being present can actually cause you to make these little tiny errors in your life. And it's like life can humble you. And it, it, I am choosing to be more present. Remember when I gave you guys that power sentence? Life is humbling. I choose to be more present. And this just allows you to hear the things people are saying to you, to be present whenever you're putting together some shelves so you don't put them on backwards because you're off in la-la land in your head. Life can humble me. So when I make these little human errors, I don't get down on myself. I was like, ah, life's humbling. I will be more present. That is a power sentence I taught you guys a long time ago. Life is humbling. I'll be more present. And so now present could become my word of the year around my relationships. And then I can start to build a power sentence up that convinces me I'm being more present with those that I love each and every day. Um, let's see. Physical. Let's go back. Let's go over to the pillars now. Consistent, disciplined, steady, healthy, powerful. Huge fan of the word discipline. Um, it's it's my fifth powerful principle in my College Success Habits book. Um, I love showing a controlled form of behavior or a way of working, right? Discipline. You know, it's that consistency, doing something day in and day out regardless if it's difficult. Um, consistent is acting or done in the same way over time, especially in order, is this fair or accurate? Um, to me, there's a consistency. It's like I will consistently go to the gym three days a week. I will consistently um, you know, talk to at least one person who has been a friend of mine for a long time once a week. You know, Who will that be? I can make up a list and I can be consistent with that list. Every week, one person who's important to me gets a call. Put 12, 16 people on that list once every three to four months, you're touching base with people who you may have gone two or three years without talking to over the phone. Or um, I'll be consistent and every month I will text these 12 people and just check in on them and see how they're doing, right? With 
texting being what it is today, you can check in on people consistently and not necessarily have to dedicate 35 minutes of phone conversation. Do that with 12 people, and that's six hours. And you might think, well, that's a lot of time, Jesse. But, you know, if you consistently reach out to these people, they're the ones who are there for you as you begin to go older in your life. Consistently going to meetings, consistently working on your steps, or being disciplined and going over your four truths. Physically, you know, these could be things that you start to, right? You're physically writing down your your information from your steps. You're physically doing something when you do that. Of course, that could also be your emotional too. Just because I'm putting some of these in the categories I am doesn't mean that they wouldn't work just as well in other categories. This is just how I began to create my list. Everything is fluid here. So in emotional, you could be disciplined. You know, disciplined in the way that you monitor your emotional intelligence by not yelling at first, instead talking to somebody rationally and with love, right? So you could, for me, under emotional, I put vulnerable, grounded, sensible, centered, empathetic, fulfilled, right? Uh, To be emotionally vulnerable, Brene Brown talks about this being the way out of shame and trauma, susceptible to a physical or emotional harm. Being vulnerable means being in a position where other people can hurt you. It often means expressing the sides of yourself about which you have the least confidence or certainty and allowing others to respond. Right? So if you're going to be vulnerable in a relationship, you might confide in somebody something that you don't really feel comfortable confiding in. How they receive it and what they do with that information is one of the reasons why we fear being vulnerable. You know, What if they take it and use it as a weapon or manipulate us with it or go talk behind our backs to other people about it? This is why people have a hard time being vulnerable, but the opposite of addiction is connection. And in order to connect with people, vulnerability to me is an aspect of that. So I've chosen vulnerability to be vulnerable as my emotional word of the year, to be vulnerable with my family members. You know, I've just finished my first year here and I'd like to grow some of these relationships deeper than they currently are. And that's going to be me putting myself out there you know, asking for us to have deeper conversation, asking for us to, to share more time together. There's going to be some vulnerability there because they might say, no, I don't really want that kind of relationship or I don't really have time for that right now. I don't know what their response is going to be until I begin to approach these conversations with them. So vulnerable is my word. Mental, um, alert, aware, capable, discovery, clear. Um, I really like alert, quick to notice any unusual or potentially difficult circumstances to be vigilant. Am I being mentally alert? Uh, one of the ways I internalize this word is that I often will be watching a TV show, listening to another podcast, and um, I will be mentally alert to what they're talking about and how I can bridge that over to what I talk to y'all about. So I might be listening to Business Wars, which is about you know these different businesses that are sort of rivals that came up at the same time. I recently listened to KFC versus Chick-fil-A, and they might say something, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a really great story or metaphor or analogy to share with my listeners. So I'll take some quick notes, and I'll bring it over into the show. I may not even tell you that's where I got it sometimes. I've just created a thought around what somebody else, you know, exposed, told me about, and it becomes my own way of thinking. And then I, you know, add it into my repertoire. So mentally alert is the word I'm leaning towards right now. Um, Capable, having the ability um, to do or achieve specific things. Am I being mentally capable? Am I, you know, if I don't have the ability to do something mentally, am I learning new things so that I can achieve what it is I seek to achieve? 
Um, not a big fan of Discover because uh, Discover, well, I'll go with, let's get into that under spiritual. Spiritual, aligned, contemplated, discovery, or clarity. Here's the problem I came up with discovery. Here's the definition for discovery according to the Oxford languages. Um, the action or process of discovering or being discovered. So let me get this straight. <laughs> discovery in within it, you know, to be discovering, right? It's it's defining itself by itself. <laughs> so then I started looking for synonyms and I came up with finding and locating, right? Maybe spiritually, you know, finding um, where my spiritual center is or locating my spiritual center. It could be any of those, but it just sort of, I'm trailing off here. Let me get to the point. Uh, finding, the action of finding someone or something. So, okay, so you're defining the word finding by using the word finding. Doesn't work for me. And then locating, discover the exact place or position. Now we're going to start using the word discover to define locating. So then we go back to the definition of discover, just defined that it's defined by itself. <laughs> so none of those words speak to me. Um, and some people we might say, well, Jesse, you already have a line. Go with that one. Um, a place or a range in a straight line. Give support to a person or organization or cause. Perhaps I want to be spiritually aligned so I can give support to myself, to others, to my community. I'm still working on that. You know, what does it mean? What, you know, and we know, because I've talked about it, that spiritual, and the way I discuss it, is your morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs. So what would those be? Perhaps it is aligned. Perhaps it's congruent. Ooh, let me write down congruent. I like congruent. Congruent. Um, so perhaps congruent is the way I go, right? But it's all just fun. It, it, it's all just this idea of building up this, and congruent is in agreement or harmony. So am I congruent? Is the, is my, are my behaviors in agreement or harmony with the person I want to become? I'm already liking congruent. Congruent might become the word. So thank you guys for being a part of me discovering that. So we've gone over spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical, and we've gone over career, self, and relationships. And so now you, so now you've got your list. So now you go through your list and you start to say them out loud. And, and when you, when you say the word, how do you picture yourself being congruent in your head? How do you know it's going to feel good to you? Is it the way it sounds? Is it the way it feels? You know, I might say, okay, my power word for my spirituality is congruent. You know, and that's to be in agreement or harmony with myself and with others and with my world at large. You know, so what is an agreement or harmony? Does that mean I'm always having to be agreeable? Or, you know, harmony to me, I like because you can be in harmony with someone you disagree with just simply by saying we're two different humans and we can have two different viewpoints of the same exact event. So now you've got your power words. You've got your list. Let's just say you've, you go and you pull it out. And again, if this is all too much and I'm making too big of a deal, then just go with the word for life. What is it you want your life power word to be? Just come up with the one. If you've never done this, stick with that. Roll with it. You can begin to expand later on in the year or not at all. Not at all even. You do whatever you want to do. So what is it you're going to do? Let's just use life as the example in here. So let's go. Let's say I choose persevere. Um, so for my life, and that's to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. So let's say I a perseverance, you know, that's my perseverance is my word of the year. So now I've got my power word. So now um, I want to come up with my identity level statement around that power word. And identity level statements are I am statements. I am those those attached to your identity. So those are up. Those are your identity statements there. So I am perseverance. I persevere. I am 
a, a person, right? I mean, I guess I don't need to give me any more examples. That's it. I am perseverance. I persevere, right? That you can, you can take out the am. I persevere. It's an I statement. It's those things that attach your identity. So the am is optional. So I persevere, right? I continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty. I persevere. So what's my what's my I am statement and my power word? How am I going to utilize those to create my power sentence? So how do I use my power sentence as something that is a part of my convincer strategy? It's a way for me to know that I am doing this thing in order to be someone who perseveres. Right, uh, perseverance. I, I persevere. So, how do I know that I'm doing this? It's like so. It could be built up around this idea. It's like I persevere, um, even when things are difficult, by moving through fear. It's that that can be a little wordy. So, let's think about how we could shorten it up. What would it be on a bumper sticker? Now, you've heard other power sentences like "I am powerful," "I am brave," and again, those are those are those are complete sentences, and you can absolutely use them as your power sentence. But to me, that's an identity statement, which again is great because now you're attaching it to your identity. I am powerful, but how do I know I'm being powerful? How do I know that I'm persevering? What is it that I'm doing? So I, I so my power sentence, I'm literally making this up because I just chose persevere as the example. So let's talk it out loud. You know, I persevere. I am persevering when I find something difficult and then continue forward in working on it. That can become like, that's my power sentence. I, now let's manipulate it a little bit. I persevere when things get difficult, I continue. That could become, so now it's I persevere when things get difficult, I continue. Um, let's see another version. Um, I persevere by moving through the difficulty toward the achievement. I am moving towards the achievement. We start to work with different ways of expressing this power sentence. Um, I am perseverance um, because um, I work hard and diligent. It can be a lot. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because I still have yet to figure out the power sentence of, of the persevere. And I don't want to sit here and ramble on about it for the next 10 minutes. But for me, the power, the power sentence is specifically a, a meant to um, be clear, concise, and specific. So I want it to give me clarity. There is no question about the meaning of the words that are in this sentence. I am clearly addressing this topic whenever I persevere. I am perseverance by moving through difficult things. I am perseverance because difficulties don't stop me. Difficult, you know. Then that, now my power sentence could come out of that. Could be difficulties don't stop me. And then it becomes you know now I make it even shorter. I am unstoppable, and that's how I am now linking it back to the power word of persevere. Right? And you see how just now as I'm talking about this, how I've moved through so many different ways of discussing it and actually thinking about it. Right? Like your power sentence might end up going back to being an identity level statement. I am unstoppable. Why are you, what does that mean to me? I persevere in the face of difficult challenges and I continue forward regardless, right? So your power sentence is going to be whatever you want it to be. I want you to understand that you want it to be clear and concise and to the point. And so as you begin to build up your power sentences, right? And you can have a lot of these. It can be for each one of the words. It could be for a certain activity. Have it be something that's clear. That it can become your mantra, 
know, I, I persevere in the face of difficulty. I push forward in the face of difficulty. I don't stop when difficulties arise, right? That's a power sentence to me. I don't stop when difficulties arise, right? Then all of a sudden somebody says no on the phone to me 10 times in a row when I'm calling up looking for a speaking gig. And I simply say, I don't stop when difficulties arise. I will continue on this phone until somebody finally says yes. And you make enough of those phone calls. And before you know it, you've got 52 speaking events in one year, which is the goal. I would like to speak in public 52 times next year, right? So in order to persevere through all the no's, I don't stop when difficulties arise. I don't stop when people say no when it comes to speaking. I I definitely stop when people say no when it comes to other things. Um, Just be mindful of, is it going to work ecologically? Is it going to work for me, but also not affect others and not affect the world at large? Is my growth going to shake down somebody else, right? And this is important to understand the ecological aspect of this because you might go to make a big change. You go to quit drinking. You go to break up with somebody, right? Now your drinking buddies are pissed that you're not coming out with them. You break up with somebody and now your family members are bummed that they don't get to see that person anymore. You change jobs and now your coworkers are bummed that they don't get to work with you anymore, right? Or, you know, so now you're like, well, that's affecting somebody else. So ecologically, I'm like, it doesn't mean don't make the change. It just be it just means being mindful of who that change is going to be affect. Let me say that a little bit more clearly. It's going to be specifically about who that change will affect. It's not that you don't decide to lose weight. It's not that you don't decide to quit the job or break up with the person. It's that you understand the reverberations, how that's going to ripple into other people's lives. Because they're going to give you pushback. If your family really likes that person and you decide to no longer be friends with them, now they're going to be like, oh, but we like them and we wish they were still around and they might keep bringing them up. And you have to understand that your decision has a rippling effect into their lives. doesn't mean you don't still not be that person's friend. It just means understand the reverberations. You decide to quit drinking or quit eating um, certain foods and you have friends who only want to eat and drink those certain foods around you. And then all of a sudden, they might give you pushback. You might find yourself isolated or ostracized from the community, from the tribe, because you no longer are adhering to the predetermined scope of behaviors that people are doing. It's just, I mean, it's going to happen. And I'm okay with the fact that I've left certain groups and tribes and environments and communities. Those were no longer serving me. But it was in making those decisions, I had to first say, okay, how is this going to ecologically shift their own perspective? How is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect them? And as long as I had an awareness around like, oh, I'm making this decision and I need to make it for myself, but it's absolutely going to affect these amounts of people, then I could be prepared for the pushback. I could be prepared for the hard conversations. And when you go on to take some power words and some power statements and some power sentences and incorporate those into your life, they might go against what other people have been expecting from you. That's where boundaries come into place. Most of the time when boundaries are starting to be laid out, it's generally the people who are taking advantage of those boundaries who get the most upset. If somebody's like, hey, I'm no longer going to be taking phone calls after 9 p.m., right? and then the only person who gets upset is the person who loved calling you at midnight, 
right, and keeping you up late so that they could sit there and yammer on about their problems in their life, yeah, I would expect that there's probably going to be some pushback there. They're probably not very thrilled about the fact that you no longer will take their call after nine. But for you, it's important because that means that you go to bed earlier and you get up earlier and you're refreshed. So it's just understanding who it's going to affect. doesn't mean don't do it. You just have awareness around the ripples so that whenever it comes, you've already prepared yourself, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the conversation that's going to inevitably need to be had in order for that person to understand why you're making these decisions, right? It's, it's, a, it's a presupposition of NLP that uh, people don't do things, uh, people do things for themselves, not against you. Write that down on a whole piece of paper. People do things for themselves, not against you. If somebody decides to stop drinking or stop taking phone calls after nine, right? you might think, even if they said, I'm only making this change because of you, what they really are doing is still for themselves. It might be to isolate you out of their life. It might be to protect themselves from you because uh, you're always complaining. It could be a lot of things. Right, but still, the overall reason they're making that decision. Hell, somebody could gossip behind your back, and you're like, "Well, how is that for themselves and not and and not against me?" I'm like, "Well, perhaps they were gossiping about you so that they could take the spotlight off themselves. Perhaps they gossip about you so they can feel better about themselves by tearing you down. They're just you just happen to be the conduit for them to feel better." If it wasn't you, it would be somebody else. They're doing it for themselves. I'm not saying it doesn't negatively impact you. I'm just saying that their their intentionality, their reason for doing it is because they want to give themselves some sort of positivity out of it. It might just be they're a bully and they need some power in their life somewhere. And so they're just going to bully you in order to feel powerful because in other aspects of their life, they feel like they don't have power. I liken it to you know, the bullies that got on me when I was in middle school. You know, um, I knew that they did not have very good home lives. I knew. They'd come into school with black eyes, busted up lips, right? And they would say they got into a fight, you know, getting drunk over the weekend. But it was a small town. It wasn't very hard to get on that rumor mill and find out that daddy liked to come home drunk and, and smack around his kids. And so I understood even at that young age, that there's a reason why this guy is behaving this way. He goes home and gets beat up. He needs to find somehow find power in his life. Not very surprised that he was 18 years old and, st- and only a freshman in high school. Like the, Things were not going well for him. So even at that age, I could have some empathy. Still didn't enjoy the fact that you know I got smacked around and my lunch money taken, but it it is what it is. When I look back at it, I can have empathy. I can release my hatred for, you know, um, those kinds of people because I know what's going on in their life. Um, the person who walks slowly across the crosswalk, right, looking at their phone, and they know they're holding up traffic. Uh, to me, I see that as a sign that they lack power in other areas of their life. So in that moment, they can see some level of power by making everyone have to pay attention to them for 30 seconds while they walk across the, the intersection. Then I'm like, oh, I, I wish they had more power in their life so that they didn't have to seize it in this stupid crosswalk. And then there's a level of empathy I can have. Those people were, sure, doing something to me. They were walking across the street slowly, and I wanted to turn. They were, you know, 
smacking me around, beating me up in high school and middle school. Okay, sure, that was happening to me, but they were doing it for themselves. There was a benefit that they were taking from it. Even if it was just to feel like they had some level of empowerment or power in that moment, they were strictly doing it for themselves. I was just the conduit for them to be able to feel that power. It opens me up to a level of empathy that while I was slightly aware of it at 8, 9, and 12, and 13 years old, I'm certainly more aware of it now. And then I can see other people doing that when they yell at the deli counter person or whenever they, you know, bark at me at the gym like that guy did the other day. I'm like, where in that guy's life was he having such a shitty day that he had to get so verbally abusive toward me over a back machine at the gym? Like, seriously, bro? Like, that is not a reason to be contentious. So that's just a nice little sidebar to close this episode up. This is it for the year. Come up with your power words. Uh, make up some identity statements for them, create some power sentences that help you understand how you're going to convince yourself, how you're going to prove to yourself that you are being these power words. Relentless, expansive, perseverance, to persevere. I'm I'm not even sure I like the tense. Be very mindful too. Um, Don't have your um, power word in the past tense. You want it to be active, an active verb perseverance. Uh, We need to go check out the other versions of that, but you wouldn't want it to be like, um, you know, blame. No, blame wouldn't be a good, there was something earlier that came up and I was just like, oh, that's, that, um, that's more, that's more of a past tense word. I was like, I don't like alerted maybe, or, um, accepted, determined, you know, the EDs almost sound past tense to determine. I want it to be, I want it to be action. I want it to sound like something I'm doing in the moment. You know, I don't want it to have an ED where it comes, it persisted, um, amplified, cultivated, you know, he cultivated that. It sounds past tense to me. And I want it to be an action word, you know, per, you know, where it's, I'm moving towards expansive, expansion, relentless. I want it to sound like I'm actively doing these things. So there you go. Um, I think this is a great way to close up the year um, to come up with, you know, some power words, power statements, power sentences that can then begin to become what we're talking about. And I'm going to keep bringing mine up throughout the year to further, you know, make sure that these are being brought into the conversation. Um, and then that's about it. Um, some, some admin stuff before I let you go. I am changing a majority of the podcast titles. So if there's one that you really enjoy that you have been able to find based on the title, uh, I would start to uh, write down perhaps episode numbers for the time being until you get more acclimated to the new titles that are coming out. Um, again, if any of them in the past were a little bit clickbaity or, you know, it's like top five ways to change your mind in an instant it might be changed to, um, you know, five power words. Um, no, what would it, I think there was one like that. And I was like, I think it was more Then I think it became like CT far, um, how your thoughts and feelings aren't facts, right? It's going to be something very direct. You know, it's going to say that it's reaction versus response, not, um, how to make yourself no longer yell at your family members, right? I don't need it to be clickbaity. I need it to be more about what it's about. Read the show notes. Um, I'll be very clear in the very first couple sentences that show up um, on the app before you have to click more or anything so that you can very clearly know what that episode is going to be about beyond just the very short and to the point title. 
I'm going to be building up some new web pages. Um, my show notes are extremely long with all the different links and things I have now. So I've actually built an entire web page that's going to be specifically about all of those links. will just get moved um, over onto this web page. So now the show notes will be a lot more shorter and clear and distinct. And also, then I can change those links anytime that I want. So as I offer new things and, and, the, and the show grows and the business grows and my offerings grow, I'm not, you know, on episode 412 while somebody at episode 12 is looking at show notes from seven years ago. And, and the links that they have are limited to whatever I've been able to put there. So changing that up. So those are two big movements. The Sobriety to Recovery book is going to be um, a constant thing I'm working on. I'm going to go over my top 50 episodes and talk about those. So I'm making my top 50 book. Um, that'll come out later on this year. Um, I'm gonna, we'll have to sell it. It's not going to be something I can necessarily give out for free because it's going to take hundreds of hours to put this thing together, but I'm going to be super proud of it um, and hope that it helps you guys out so that you can use it as sort of like a side a study material for the rest of the podcast. If you haven't already been taking notes, this will um, be able to, in a very succinct you know, two to four page um summary give you what the episodes are about. So it's just a quick guide. Brooke Castillo did this with her first 100 episodes uh, when I joined um, her community. It was one of the things that she sent out all of her scholars. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, Totally should have been thinking about this when I started the show and I'd already have all of this done. So transcribing all the podcasts and then going through and listening to them as I chop everything up and pull out the best tidbits has been very time consuming. Um, So it's a blast. So I'll leave you on that. Um, this is it. This has been an amazing year with you all. The tribe has grown. Um, a lot of activity over on our Voxer thread. There's been a lot of new people signing up for the NLP classes and new clients coming in and just new people in recovery seeking their all the way up life. For those of you who are in the tribe, just know that you're very cherished and dear people in my life. Uh, for those of you who take an NLP from me, it's just a joy to watch the growth um, for all of you. It's just to be able to do this show and speak about these topics and have it be as well received as it's been um, over these last what, four years. I started the show on my second year, uh, the, my second, it would have been my third birthday, one, two, on my second birthday is when I started it in uh, 2019. And so here we are coming up on year four. And so we'll have a really awesome episode coming up for you in a couple of weeks on my sober birthday. As always, my friends, I just, it's just an honor. It really is. I'll stop. It's an already over an hour. I feel like I should shut up now. Just uh, have a happy new year. Whatever you do, be safe. If you're listening to this after new year's, I hope you did something that really, um, really felt good for who you're becoming and that you were able to tell the ego to take a seat in the back of the bus and let your wise mind drive the drive the train. I'm just going to keep going with these transportation analogies, but uh, let's fly, fly away off into year 2023. I will see you on the other side. Much love, everybody. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine. Glow on. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. 